Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the day, getting through the week, getting through the month. Focusing on uh, self-care, rest, joy, and pleasure. Make sure if you haven't already that some at some point today, whenever it is you're listening to this live or afterwards, that you definitely carve out some time for some joy. Eating a donut, listening to some music, going for a walk. I was actually going to say reading a magazine. How many of you still read magazines? Is that still a thing? Whoa, that was a flashback. Uh, Whatever it might be. Also, some rest. And I don't mean sleep. Napping? Maybe. Maybe just laying there daydreaming. Maybe sitting outside. Maybe sitting in the bathtub. More rest. Uh, Got a great show planned for you, though. It's a little bit of a hodgepodge. A lot of really important stuff we're going to cover so, you know, we talked um, last night. Uh, maybe it wasn't last night. We talked recently. I never know. Sorry. Everything at some point kind of blends into my head. Uh, as I said, I'm really bad chronology. So this could have been last year. Point being, um, at some point, either this week or last week, again, I don't really remember. I was talking a lot about how a lot of the skills that we need as as parents or primary caregivers are the exact same things that we can offer are required in our adult relationships. And I think there's something really powerful and beautiful in that uh, commonality and that, that, that thread that's woven through all the above. Because what it does is it reminds us that as humans, we never lose those needs. The same things we need as a child from a caregiver are the same things we need from adults, those other people in our lives primary figures. Um, there's nothing regressive or primitive or elementary or immature about that. In fact, it's a sign of maturity when you can acknowledge, I can't do things on my own. I'm better when I'm connected and in relationality of whatever kind. Um, co- co- uh, co-regulation, borrowed functioning, I use those words a lot. We are made better because of the people in our lives. As children and as adults, we need a safe haven to go to when we're having tough or difficult times. We are recharged soothed, held by others to process, to be seen. Also, we need a secure base, those same individuals as children and adults from which to go off into the world confidently, feeling encouraged, knowing that someone has our back, someone believes in us. That's how you be a good parent. That's also how you be a good partner. Came across a little bit of research that I thought was kind of awesome. Again, it was focused on parent and child, but again, this is what your adult partner also needs from you. And it was in reference to cuddling touch we need and require a lot of touch i think at this point we're all kind of familiar with these studies that we're always referencing uh about early life and how if we aren't touched 
we die. We also don't develop the receptors that are hungry for touch. We then don't feel safe with touch. We don't seek it. We haven't been shown what it can do for us. So it can overwhelm us. It can unsettle us. We don't see it as a resource necessarily. So we need a lot of touch. Again, we also need that into our adulthood. But somehow we've created this really problematic developmental vision, plan, ideal of moving away from needing that. That as an adult, you should do things on your own. If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love other people? All this mess. No, we learn how to love others by being loved. <laughs> we learn how to regulate by being regulated. We always require those things. Those are not things we ever outgrow. And that's okay. We can get those from a multitude of resources. It doesn't have to be a primary romantic partner, although that's ideally where in our culture we get it, but it can also be a best friend. It can be a friend, a family member. That's why I'm all about platonic touching. I want people to be able to hug, put their arm around, cuddle up to friends. That shouldn't be something that's seen as erotic or cheating. And I know in our world, a lot of people be threatened by seeing their partner cuddling up to a friend. But again, I'm assuming you're only in relationships with people you trust. If you don't trust your partner to cuddle up with their friend, then you either need to learn how to trust and get rid of your toxic ideals of what monogamy is, or you need to stop dating people that you don't trust, that aren't worthy of being trusted, that have poor boundaries. You better believe I lean up against my friends, I cuddle my friends, I put my arm around my friends, I tell my friends I love them, and I would never be in a primary committed romantic relationship with someone who shamed or pathologized that. I would say to them, you're not going to limit the the affection and care and love that I can provide and receive from from safe healthy people in my life and if you don't trust me we'll go work on trust because I'm worthy of trust but I won't have someone's jealousy dictate the behaviors I make remember not all jealousy is valid you have a right if your partner's way off to say I hear that you're jealous and I want to hear about it and I want to talk about it but it is not appropriate in the way that you're applying it and I can't honor what you're asking partners shouldn't be telling us who our friends are and how we relate to our friends that is not what adults do relationships are not about control Relationships are about being with someone and witnessing the world, having care, having support, but not putting controls on them like that. These are beautiful resources that we should be able to have a lot of different access to. But my God, as a primary caregiver to a child and as a primary partner to someone, make sure you are absolutely offering that and providing that. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the benefits of cuddling, and then we're going to bounce beyond that, and uh, we're going to talk about how to be a good ally to your child if they come out as non-binary, gender fluid. Uh, yeah, because I know it's something you're going to hear more about because there is more support, more health, more resources, more awareness. These, This always existed, y'all. We just didn't have words for it or support for it. People weren't confident in doing it. It's not new. More people are making realizations, though. It's a beautiful thing. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, so uh, don't go anywhere. See you in a minute. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh rachel we're back and uh kind of a throwback but we're moving in a new direction i was talking on another show about how um, the same things that our children need from us as primary caregivers are the exact same things that our partners need from us as adults. We never outgrow the same basic core things. That's awesome. It's that simple. Provide it. And now we're talking about touch requirements. We need as much of it as possible. We are a, t- we are a touch-starved culture. We do not get enough of it. I'm talking about appropriate, consent-based, enthusiastically consent-based touch. That's the assumption. Within that, we need more. I want people to be hugging and touching their friends. Yeah, that's right. I want us to lean up against our friends, hug our friends, put our arms around our friends, tell their friends, tell our friends we love them, saying they're their family members because we're in adult relationships with people we trust that trust us. So there's nothing to worry about. If you trust your partner, it doesn't matter who they're hugging. Not Touch is not all erotic. We have to get away from the idea that you can't be friends with an ex, that you can't be friends with the gender you're attracted to, that you can't have affection with your friends. It's time to grow up, y'all. We have to be more mental health centered and we have to be not be so tired toxic in our thinking because we perceive relationships from a point of ownership and jealousy as though we're competing with everyone and everything should be threatening and we own our partner. None of that is true or accurate. That is toxic thinking. We're moving away from that. So let's drop into it for a second. We're talking specifically about cuddling, what parents need to provide for children, but this is also, again, what adults need. Cuddling increases increases affection. We get it and it helps reduce fear. We feel safer when we are in the presence of others. We feel even safer when they're touching us. It is a regulatory function. Think about it. What is the first thing we think to do when someone we care about who's right near us starts getting upset? We reach out to touch them. We put our arm on their shoulder. We put our hand on their leg. We wrap our arm around them. We maybe pull them in close. We maybe reach out for a hug. It's a natural instinct. You don't necessarily generally need to be trained to do that. Children need that as much as possible, but so do adults. 
I tell adults to do that. I'll say your partner is upset. Turn to them, grab them, touch them, co-regulate them. They're struggling. They need you right now. So again, cuddling increases affection and it also reduces our fears and it communicates to the person that I'm a safe resource. I'm here for you. It lets us have a heart to heart connection. We, we, we are regulated when we feel someone else is breathing up against ours. It's such a powerful tool. Cuddling can also change their brains. That's right. How our brains are structured is relationally dependent. Our brains are social and relational organs. Truly, the way they develop, the amount of receptors that are hungry for or scared of, consciously, unconsciously, internal working models, all are created based on how we perceive others. Do, uh, have we been trained to believe that others are safe? Have we been trained to believe that touch is safe? Or have we been raised in a family where touch is based on poor boundaries or violence? But if they're based on security and soothing, we'll seek it. We'll want it. We'll be able to tolerate a lot of it. So people as adults don't know how to be touched or don't or aren't very affectionate or can't handle it, or raised in environments where that wasn't offered or that wasn't centered. I've been in relationships with those people who are raised in low touch families. And then as an adult, when I'm trying to hug them, cuddle them, it's uncomfortable for them. It's foreign to them. They don't have familiarity with it. They're not hungry for it. That's heartbreaking because they're missing a tool and resource for connection, but they're also missing a tool and resource for mental and physical health. Our nervous systems, our vagus nerve, which runs through almost our entire body and is about social connection and social safety is toned and kept strong and healthy via touch and relationships. These are biological things. We need it as adults from those in our lives. We also need it as children from our caregivers. So it changes our brains and it allows us to be more receptive towards affection as we grow throughout our development. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Cuddling also triggers the release of oxytocin, which is awesome. It's, you know, it's a, it's a hormone that's associated with a lot of safety and closeness and love, um, and it can strengthen the bond. The more of that, the better. It bonds us. The more touch, the more secure you'll feel. The more touch, the closer you'll feel. The more touch, the safer you'll feel. There's no such thing as too much. You can't touch your child too much. But yes, your child can be taken away from you too soon. Yes, you can try to force your child into this toxic adult independence concept that they shouldn't need you anymore, that they shouldn't be emotional anymore, that they shouldn't require hugs anymore. That's gross. Don't do that. Don't be that parent. That's bullying. Let your kids be as touch immersed as they want to be. We need more emotionality. We need more relationality. I promise you, I work with these adults in my clinical practice. They're my patients and have been for decades. I promise you, people need more relationality, more emotionality, and more touch, not the opposite. Cuddling also is an opportunity to show someone you love them. <laughs> what a beautiful way to do that with your entire body. Again, we need more of that. People that don't have access to or can't tolerate a lot of touch miss out on the opportunity to have it communicated in that way. You know, verbal expressions are great. It's really great to hear how much someone cares for and loves you and values you, but touch is a really beautiful way to also communicate that. And again, it soothes our nervous system. It soothes our psyche, makes us feel even closer and even safer. Um, and then finally, it helps build resilience. It helps them to regulate big emotions that they aren't able to manage on their own. And as adults, we also experience emotions that are bigger than what we have the internal resources to cope with. That happens throughout our entire lifespan. As, children's, we, as children, we need that help, and again, as adults. So don't be averse to it. <laughs> you know, pinpoint how, where and how you need to work on that. 
It's what I love. Again, I shared this on another show. Whenever you as an adult don't know what to do, when your adult needs something from you, think of them as a child and say, if they were a little child before me, my child, another child, what would I do? And whatever the answer is that comes into your mind is what that adult needs as well. <laughs> if you just sit down and talk to them, if you just scoop them up and hold them, if you to tell them that everything's going to be okay, for you to rub their back, whatever it is, it's the same stuff, you know, start applying that. Um, all right, when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, how to be an ally for your non-binary child. Yep, it's important for all adults to hear because I love these gender reveals. And they're like, it's a boy, it's a girl. You don't know that? They haven't told you yet. All you can do is say they have a penis or a vagina or they're intersex. You have no idea what their gender is. They have to tell you. All these wild assumptions we make. Your child might come out as trans, non-binary. You don't know. It's a beautiful thing, though. So we're going to learn how to manage it better. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dutch Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back talking about drum roll, how to be an ally, how to show up better for kids in your life. Now, look, I know it's new for a lot of people. Just a couple months ago, I had to give my mom a little bit of a rundown explaining pronouns. Also, the difference between gender and sex. She was very confused. Remember, sex is rooted in the genitals that we're looking at, the anatomy. We determine if we see a penis, boy. We see a vagina, girl. Some people are intersexed. Some people have ambiguous genitals. Gender is basically the expression. Gender is based on how people present or how people feel internally. Gender is often demonstrated by hair, fashion. It's, it's, it's an expression where sex traditionally is anatomy driven. Now there's more than two sexes. We used to think there's only two. There's multiple sexes because our genitals can present in a multitude of ways. We traditionally saw more penis or, or vulva. And so meant boy and girl, but there's different versions of intersex. And we've talked a little bit about that. And then gender, there's hundreds of ways to express your gender. Just because you might have the sex of a male, a penis, doesn't mean that their gender is aligned with that. So we have to be very thoughtful about these uh, gender reveals because all you can do is actually reveal someone's sex. All you can really say is, well, they were born. We looked at what was uh, between their legs and here's what we saw. We don't know though how they're going to feel internally or how they're going to express themselves, AKA gender, but we can tell you the sex. And that's kind of weird to be like, they have a penis, they have a vagina, it's a little ambiguous, they're intersex. Gender, we don't know. They're gonna, as they age, just determine for themselves who they are and what their pronouns are and how they wanna move through the world. So there's a huge distinction. And luckily even dictionaries are accepting they and them as a singular. For people that don't feel comfortable with she and her or he and him, I'm here for it. That's mental health, truth, authenticity. How could we ever have thought that everyone was gonna fit in two boxes and two boxes only and that that was gonna be acceptable and healthy? It doesn't work like that with anything. <laughs> um, so we wanna, and I appreciate, caregivers, parents, partners. It's hard when someone comes out. You don't know what to do. It's overwhelming. It's anxiety inducing. It's scary, but there are a few things you can do. So we're going to kind of go through that. <clears throat> the first thing is when someone comes out to you in reference to anything, sexual orientation, gender expression, maybe as being poly or non-monogamous, um, whatever it is, the first thing you say is thank you. Thank you for caring enough about me or us and our relationship to be honest with me. Thank you for bringing me deeper into your life. Thank you for sharing with me something that sadly is still culturally a little stigmatized. You know, it's not about how you feel. It, it's actually not about you at all. It's about them and they're letting, they're bringing you deeper into their world. It's like if someone says, I know it's an odd example, but if someone says like, hey, I bought a new house or hey, look at my new sneakers or hey, I cut my hair. 
no one gives a no one gives a hoot what your opinion really is. They're just trying to bring you into their life. They want you to celebrate it with them. So celebrate it with them. It doesn't matter if you agree or understand. You can still say, I'm really happy to hear that you figured out who you are. I'm really thankful that you shared it with me. Your feelings about it actually aren't relevant in this moment. So say thank you. <laughs> Be brave because you don't know how hard this might have been. You don't know how long it might have taken them to get to that moment. It's getting better, thank God, but for a lot of individuals, it's taken years of them developing their own understanding and relationship with themselves and whatever it is we're talking about in this example, gender, for them to make sense of it. That's a lot of labor and work. And now in one moment, they're sharing it with you. And what they really need is people to respect them and mirror back acceptance. So again, the number one answer you first start with is thank you. Awesome. Way to go. Take a deep breath and focus on that. People are afraid of being shamed and stigmatized and cut out of individuals' lives. And there's no reason for it. These individuals that you care about are the same person they were moments before you found out whatever it is they told you. They're still that person. They've always been that person. Nothing's different except you now have a deeper, better understanding of their reality and their truth. What a beautiful thing to be gifted. What a beautiful thing for someone to attempt to bring you into. Have deep respect for that. Then... After we've said thank you and we've taken a few deep breaths, we want to honor what we were just told. And you want to be confidence building by saying something like, I love you. No matter who you are and what you are, I will always love you. This is when you need to be the most affirmative. Let this individual know, whoever it is, a colleague, a friend, a family member, a partner, a child, that like my love for you still exists, that I'm not a bigot. <laughs> Demonstrate that you're not a bigot. Demonstrate that you're not a bully, you know, especially if you're a parent. My God, your job is to support who your child is, not try to shame your child into being the person you need them to be because you don't have a lot of confidence, you know, and that's why we're saying thank you first. And then we're affirming. We're saying, I see you. I hear you. I still love you because that's what people are worried about. Do you still love me? And, and, and the answer should be yes, because they're not telling you anything bad or wrong or pathological or disordered. They're just letting you know the reality of the diverse, beautiful ways that they're moving through the world. Um, sit with that. We're going to take a break, do some DMs, you know, drop a few gems, <laughs> do a little learning, and then we're going to come back and talk about again how to be a good human being, actually, but through the direction of how to be a good ally when someone talks about being non, you know, gender non-conforming, gender diverse, gender creative, gender beautiful, you know. Um, so DMs, if you got a DM first, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Put in there your questions, topics you want us to hit, something you might want us to circle back, drop deeper into. That's on the DMs in our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back, and uh, now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my girlfriend's birthday is coming up. I feel like I'm unable to live up to her expectations. She wants an extravagant party with all of her friends. I feel so uncomfortable, but if I say no, it just causes a fight. Is there anything I can do to get out of this? Um... Yeah, I think that's a really unfair thing to tell someone, I want a big extravagant party. I want you to plan it. I want you to pay for it. It's really not what a birthday's about. Um, I'm sorry, I won't ever agree with that. Uh, if you want to plan something for your girlfriend, do it. And I think it's very sweet to ask them maybe what they want, but uh, your time, energy, and budget's really on your shoulders. 
And um, I think a lot of people with certain holidays get a little materialistic, forgetting what the point of it is, you know? Um, but if you don't like her friends, don't spend a lot of time around them. You know, her party's her party. It's not about you. It's not about your comfort necessarily either. So if you care about her, give her the party she wants. If your only hang up is the people that are coming, she don't like her friends, get over it. You don't have to spend time around them. It's not about you. If the hang up is that she wants you to spend money you're not comfortable spending, you set that hard boundary. I said to everyone, you don't have to go into debt over an engagement ring. That's ridiculous. Grow up. You're missing the point. It's about love, care, and commitment. Grow up. I'd run from someone who mandated that engagement ring or a party was a certain price point. That's disgusting. <clears throat> so spend the money you're comfortable spending. Uh, put in the energy you have. Like we have to be realistic. It's a birthday. Calm down. You know what I mean? Like it's a big deal that we live another year, but like that's not an achievement for most of us. So let's crank that down a little bit. But uh, if the real issue is just her friends, that's not about you. Get over it and do it for her. We got another one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my girlfriend wants to try new things in the bedroom. New toys, everything but I'm still just uncomfortable with the idea. I think it'd be great. I think it's, oh, sorry. I think it's because I can't get over the potential embarrassment of it. Like she wants me to use a strap on, but what if I'm bad at it? I know it sounds stupid, but that's generally one of the only things that's holding me back from more adventure. Well, remember your, your interest in your comfort matters too. Sex is supposed to be fun for everyone and consensual. If you aren't interested in a strap on, tell her I'm not interested in a strap on. That doesn't sound good to me. If you are, tell her that you need more time to watch movies that include it, read up on how to best do it safely and pleasurably because it's supposed to be fun. It's not just about her, but there's a wealth of other things to try. And we're always going to have anxiety about new, new things. There's always a vulnerability, but it's supposed to be fun with someone we feel safe with. So if you feel safe with her, trust that there doesn't have to be any discomfort except for whatever you're feeling internally. So that being said, I would say, Ask her what it is she's looking to try. Maybe you go have an experience with these toys on your own first so you're familiar with what they feel like and how to use them. Google every toy exists on the website where you can see how it's used. Also start watching some porn that includes those toys so you can see how they're used in real time and also start pleasuring yourself while watching them to maybe start to build some arousal connected to it. But my bigger concern is everyone should feel safe, cared for, and be enjoying any form of sex. And if there's something you're not ready for, you set that hard line and say, that's something I'm not ready for. However, if you want to push on your edges and grow, then it is about stepping into your discomfort, but get familiar with it on your own. Do a little bit of research, watch some of it on a video and, and, and add some pleasure to it because sex with a partner should be pleasurable. It should be fun. It should feel safe. It should be bonding. And I have to imagine if your partner cares about you, they would want you to also feel safe and confident, but it's okay to share that anxiety as well. So move slow, take your time. There's no rush. You have the entirety of your relationship. You know, but get a little familiar yourself first. That's what we say all the time. If you have trouble orgasming, practice on your own. If you want to, you know, get more comfortable with penetration, penetrate yourself first and get familiar. Even if you want to penetra penetrate someone else, you should also practice getting penetrated so you understand what that feels like. Yeah, straight guys, I'm telling you that. Straight guys, you want to do anal with your girlfriend? Do anal on yourself first to better understand what that feels like and what's required. Hell yeah. 
All right, y'all, DMs come from our DMs on our Loveline IG page. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs there. Also topics, things you want us to cover, circle back to, drop deeper into. And past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. You can scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share because it's, we got so much bad messaging out there. We got to put in that practice and really unlearn that stuff and then relearn some better thinking and perspectives. But um, you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. So uh, don't go anywhere. See you in a minute. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking how to be an ally, how to not be a bigot, how to not be a bully to your child if they come out as gender nonconforming or your friend or colleague or family member. This is also the same process you want to go through if someone comes out to you as, well, comes out to you as anything that is not the standard norm. You know, if someone comes out to you as polyamorous or in an open relationship, if someone comes out to you as gay or queer or trans or lesbian or non-binary, all of these things. First thing we were talking about is how the first answer you should say is thank you. Thank you for entrusting that with me. Thank you for bringing me closer. Thank you for building intimacy and letting me know more about who you are. Um, it's a gift. They don't have to do that, especially in this stigmatized world. No one owes you anything, but they're trusting you. That's why the follow-up is something affirmative and confidence enhancing because people are afraid of being shamed or being cut out of others' lives. So the first thing is thank you. Second thing is I love you still. You're still the same person you've always been because this is who you've always been. And I've always loved you as you were this thing. And now I just know more about you being poly or queer or gay or trans or non-binary or gender fluid because your opinions on it don't really matter. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it because guess what? It ain't about you. Just like I don't care what you think about my haircut or my shoes or my car or my house or my vacation. But when someone shares that with you, it's not because they need you to approve. Keep your negative opinions to yourself. Seriously. They're just trying to celebrate it with you. People are sharing things to celebrate. Yes, there are some people that want acceptance. I, I, that's in there as well, unfortunately. We do want to be accepted often by others. Please provide that. But if you're not able to provide that, you can still celebrate their understanding and their expression. And then you need to go back and do a little research and learning. You need to do some sensitivity training, maybe a little empathy learning and building. Understand what they're talking about. Go do the research. It's not their job to necessarily educate you. It's not anyone's job to educate you. We got free Google. You know, go do the work. There might be a time to ask some questions, but if you're a little confused, go seek some resources. There's tons of them. Get into some therapy, read a book, Google some stuff, watch some documentaries, you know, seek out a support group, but affirm this individual because that's what they need. Um, okay, so we're saying thank you. Then we're saying I love you. Then, bum -ba -da bum we're asking them, is there any way we can help or support them? You know, um, because as a parent, you should be your child's biggest ally, not their bully and not their biggest bigot. You know, your job is to love them and take care of them no matter how they are. They didn't ask to be born. They don't know you anything. They never said, please birth me. You made that decision. You forced them into the world and here's who they are. Your job is to deal with it, support it and love them. They don't owe you anything. You owe them a lot. You drag them into this cuckoo world. Um, so your question is, how can I support you? Because they're going to need you and they're going to need support. It's it, We know the suicide rate is so profoundly reduced when there's at least one primary person in a child's life that supports them being non-binary non or, or gay or queer or trans. So again, don't be part of their suicidality. Be part of their healing and their affirmation. And that's why, again, the first thing is thank you. The second thing is something affirmative like I love you. Then we're asking them, is there any way I can support you? And then finally, as we talked about, you go get the support you need. <laughs> because your child 
is going to need you to be able to advocate for them. You know, it's not their job to teach you. They're still learning. It's your job to learn so that you can educate those around your child because your child is going to be going up against a lot in this world. And that's heartbreaking to have to say, but unfortunately we live in a world full of prejudice of anything that isn't normative. All of this is getting more normative. I'm so thankful that in my lifetime, I'm getting to see peer run school-based organizations that support all this. I did not have or see that when I was a kid. These terms didn't even exist when I was a kid. When I was in high school, we didn't even have the word transsexual or transgender. (laughs) Those weren't applied. Now, kids are in grade school with queer, trans, non-binary students and friends. So whether or not you like it or agree with it, your child is going to be encountering this in the world. Educate yourself in them. Because again, as a primary caregiver, you don't want to be your child's first bully. You want to be their first supporter. You know, you dragged them into this world. That's on you to give that to them. And again, that's what we apply to all the different things because um, there's so many different ways to move through the world in terms of relational structures, gender identities and expressions, and also sexual orientations. Um, And again, we're learning, you know, in my generation, we didn't have access to this information and support and community. And so people were doing a lot of things in the shadows and that's unfortunate because that's when a lot of things go wrong or there's a lot of shame and it's not mental health centered. So I'm thankful that the world's different, but we still got a lot of work to do. We still definitely live in a very phobic culture, as I said, of things that are a little diverse or colorful or creative or not normative. So we're working on healing that. We can all be a part of that because you might not be the child's primary caregiver, but you might be friends or a family member or the teacher of someone who's coming out or of someone whose child is coming out. And you can at least help them with that easy step. Say thank you, affirm and tell them you love them, ask them how you can support them, and then you go get some education and support yourself. Four easy points and steps, you know? All right, y'all, when we come back, we're gonna talk about a few things that you, it's kind of like your relational bill of rights, you know, these things that we tend to shame that you have a right to ask for in a relationship. So it's a good list, stick around for that. And then of course, we'll be closing out with some DMs. So stick around for that. All right, y'all, yeah. Okay, you're listening, (laughs) we'll be back. Don't go anywhere, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, stick around, we'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and Important topic. We're gonna just go through a few things that are acceptable to request, expect, or ask for when in a relationship. Kind of your relational bill of rights. I think these topics are important because a lot of people have a lot of shame or guilt just being vulnerable and asking for what it is they need. And so I kind of want to normalize. You know, everyone gets to decide the structure and and whatnot of their relationship. There's so many diverse ways to be in a relationship or to be with someone. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. No one's way is more correct or more legitimate than anyone else's. But I want to kind of normalize a few things. The first thing is um, check-ins. I uh, remember we want a secure attached relationship. We're looking for um, consistent, available, reliable, responsive. Consistent, available, reliable, responsive. It's okay to want that. That's how we get traction. That's how we build closeness. Um, but some people worry about that. They 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 they're afraid to ask for consistency. And I think there's something really beautiful and complimentary in that. That doesn't mean you're going to get that. That doesn't mean that's what the other person wants. But it's okay if you're getting to know someone and it's you know romantically driven and you say to them, hey, I'd love to hear from you more often. You're allowed to express your needs. That doesn't mean that you're correct or that you have a right to it, but you're allowed to express it. You're allowed to ask for it. 
And then the partner, the other, gets to determine what they're open for. And I love that that conversation starting where someone might say, yeah, you know what, I'm looking for something slower, something more casual. Um, I don't have as much availability as you require. And then you get to decide if you can meet the needs that are now possible. And you might say, yeah, I'm looking for someone who's got a more availability or yeah, I get it. I really like you and that works for me. And, and I won't then interpret that space and distance as you not being interested. So it's not that your needs are, are, are more important than what their needs are, but you're getting that conversation started. It's a lot of things I hear in my own social group and within my clinical practice with my patients is this whole idea of being anxious about asking for consistency or more presence. And that's a compliment. It's a compliment. So if someone says that to you, whether you want that or not, take the freaking compliment. They want more closeness. They want to get to know you. But be honest. Don't don't mislead individuals. If someone says that to you and you're on board, cool. But if someone says that and you're not, let them know where you're at and what you're looking for so that they then can have informed, they can make an informed decision, informed consent as to what they want to be a part of. Um, also, um, time together, reassurance, um, there's something also really meaningful about that. It's okay to want to plan things. It's okay when spending time with someone and that's winding down to say, hey, what's your availability like? When can I see you again? I want to really motivate people to express desire. I know that when you're getting to know someone or even when you've been with someone for a while, it can feel very, very vulnerable to communicate desire you know, that I like you and I like to see more of you or I like to move this into a more exclusive or consistent place. I want people to feel confident asking for that. Just like I want people on the receiving end to feel confident, again, clarifying that maybe they want something slower or more casual. But the, the main point of this segment is to really, really, really offer support for those that are anxious that maybe they're too needy or that they're too much. Because... We never know what the other person's wanting or thinking, and we're too comfortable calling our friends up and dissecting a text message or making assumptions. You never know what's going on for that other person. You never know why they're not as available or why they're not as consistent or why they're not maintaining as much closeness. You never know. It might have nothing to do with their level of interest. It might even have nothing to do with their level of availability, but I want adults to practice vulnerable one-on-one -on -one conversations. So if you're the friend of that person, your answer to them should be, I don't know. Why don't you have a conversation with that person? I can't dissect or make meaning out of the text message because I could only tell you what it would mean for me and I'm not this person because it doesn't always mean a does not always mean B just because someone doesn't reach out every day that doesn't mean they're not interested it's not as simple as if they liked you they'd reach out more it isn't there's a lot of things that people are up against that's what I see in my patients in my practice traumas scheduling struggling with intimacy and vulnerability unclear what it is that you're even looking for so again the whole the whole thesis of this segment is when in doubt go find out when in doubt ask them but I don't want anyone to feel like they're too much or they're needy. Those aren't real concepts. It's just you might want more closeness or consistency than they do. No one's right and no one's wrong and there's no accurate amount. You can't be too needy. You could just want more than they want. They might want less than you want. Neither's more correct. It's just different. And it doesn't always mean that you're incompatible and it's time to bounce. Sometimes we have to actually stick around and learn how to accommodate someone else's way of being. It can't be that, oh, I want to talk every day. And if they don't, we're not right. We're not a match. No, it's that you'd prefer to talk every day. You'd be more comfortable and confident if you talked every day. But maybe it's time to learn how to let a day or two go by and still feel desired 
and to still be present. It can't always be the way we want it. Again, relationships aren't about us never being made uncomfortable and us never being required to grow or be better. And this other person is just dropped in seamlessly and everything's perfect. It doesn't work like that. Relationships and dating are about two separate people or more who have lives already in motion with different needs and desires trying to figure out if they can form something, a third other. There's my life, their life, and then we try to come together and form this new thing. So it can't always be at your comfort or your way. But again, that doesn't mean you're needy or demanding or clingy or too much. It's just that you may be like more intimacy or more closeness or more consistency. And I want you to feel confident asking for that. Go directly to the individual to find out what their thoughts are on that. Not your best friend. Your best friend could only speak from their experience and what they would want. They don't know what this other person desires, needs, or is intending. That's the beautiful thing about technology. We can reach out and ask someone what their thoughts are and we can make a proposition of what we'd prefer. Hey, I'd love to text more. I'd love to see you more. How does that feel? How does that sound? Does that work for you? You know? All right, we're going to come back and talk more about this. Um, and then we're going to be doing those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. As always, questions go in there, topics, things you want us to hit. And past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff. But um, yeah, don't go anywhere. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Lots more to come. All right, y'all, we're back. Talking about things that some people label as too much, too needy, too clingy. Nope, it's just a difference. No right way, no right level, just different. We don't want to shame people for expressing their differences or what their needs are. Yeah, we want to be aware of ourselves. We can't always make these demands. We're not more right or more correct because we want more of something. Someone doesn't necessarily have an intimacy disorder because they want less closeness or less intimacy. It's just who they are. There's no right way. It's just differences. And sometimes we have to learn how to do it the other person's way. We can't always demand that it's done our way. We can't expect to always be comfortable. We have to sometimes meet someone else where they're at, do it their way. Um, let it, let it challenge us and make us grow, you know, but I want to normalize some things. And we were talking about some other things in the earlier segment, going to talk about some of the, um, intimacy needs that again, a lot of people might shame or pathologize. Um, I want to just, again, normalize a lot of time together. There's no, there's no right speed at which to move. Some people like to spend a lot of time together. Other people want more space and distance. Neither way is better or more correct. They both have some strengths. They both have some negatives. Um, so let's break down into it. Emotional, psychological, it's okay to want to spend time expressing. It's okay to want to share thoughts, dreams, and hopes. Um, some people, again, feel like that might be too much or flooding. Yes, you want to assess how it's landing on the other person, but that's part of intimacy building is sharing those deeper parts of ourselves. We don't want to pathologize that and say, oh, you talk too much. Oh, God, are you kidding? Um, also, physicality. Some people, they love a lot of touch and affection. There's nothing wrong with wanting to hold someone's hand when you're walking with them or have your arm or their arm around you. I want us to really confidently express what our needs are and be ourselves and see if that works for the other person and kind of take it from there. Because um, remember, the goal in relationships isn't to be liked. We're not imagining what they need from us, uh, which is often not even correct, but uh, we're not trying to be liked and at all costs to be, you know, to get them. We're trying to just be known and be ourselves. And when we show up fully that way, 
we can actually maybe build something with someone living, you know, um, rooted in reality versus selling a dream. So we want to request the amount of touch that feels good and makes sense to us. We want to build the kind of emotional and psychological energy and, and, and intimacy that we're seeking. You know, um, you don't have to just keep things superficial early on. Yes, we need to have boundaries. Yes, we want people to prove that we can trust them and then bring them deeper into our lives. We don't want to just on, you know, from the jump expose, you know, some mental health issues or trauma histories. I think that that can be boundaryless. We want to let people get to know us and again, earn our trust, but there's nothing wrong with desiring that at some point. I think intellectual intimacy building is really kind of another important thing. Some people are really afraid to maybe express what they think or what they're interested in on philosophical or psychological levels because they don't want to scare the other person, turn them off, or deal with the potentiality that maybe someone doesn't have the same amount of intellect or introspection that you have. It's okay. We're not trying to get every single need met from our partners. That's why we have friends and other people in our lives. But again, I want people to show up with their total and full self. Um, because again, some people have I want people to remember that there's so many different ways that we can relate, build intimacy and connect with someone. And I don't want us to over-focus on one line or on what isn't able to be accessed or present. We have to be able to expand and rely on other things. So again, if our intellectualism isn't something that maybe our partner can um, engage us, it's there's nothing wrong with that. We can try, give them a chance. Not everyone has had experiences of that, but then we realize, okay, well then we're gonna relate on other levels. And that's why we talk about all the different ways that we can be compatible with someone because some of those levels might not ever be accessible or might temporarily not be. And we wanna have other ways that we can feel close and present with someone because it can be physical, it can be emotional, Emotional, can be intellectual, can be experiential, where we go out in the world socially and do things together. Um, it can also be spiritual um, and also sometimes sexual or creative. I love the idea that sometimes with partners or friends, you go do something that's artistically driven or something spiritually driven, going to church together, going to some lectures, going to a spiritual program, reading some things, meditating, praying, um, a sound bath all sorts of different things. And those can be different ways that we really learn about other parts of ourselves and also our partner. But again, I'm, I guess the whole point of the segment is to point out that there's nothing wrong with trying to access these parts of someone else, but if it isn't a level that they can tolerate or, or are seeking with you, that's okay. Cause there's other ways to relate and there's other people that you can get these needs met through or by or from or for whatever, whatever the right uh, word is there. Um, because a lot of people panic. <laughs> you know, they think if someone can't meet me on this level, we're doomed. Or they think, well, they're not able to. And so I'm, I'm going to shame that, that attempt or I'm going to withhold that. No, give people a chance. You know, I've been in relationships with people that understandably might not have been as intellectual or philosophically driven as I am because that's my entire career. That's my passion. That's my hobbies. But I realized in giving people the opportunity, sometimes they surprised me and they showed up in their own way in a way that wasn't expected. Um, not maybe necessarily the same entry points or the same languaging, but still possible. Um, okay, we are going to come back and do some DMs. Drop some stuff in there, questions, topics, the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, head on over to wearechannelq.com. It's where you can check out past episodes of the show. Binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's all about unlearning and relearning some new stuff, spending time with the material, practicing, practicing, practicing because the quality of your life is rooted in the quality of your practice. But stick around, y'all, because we got a whole lot more to come, so don't go anywhere. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, and Odyssey will be right back. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back. And uh, now it is time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Now this one says, hey, Dr. Chris. Is social media really a good reason to break up with someone? My boyfriend and I have been officially together for close to 10 months and he still hasn't posted about me. And he's active in all caps on social media, always taking selfies, always with friends, but never with me. I've asked and he said that he's waiting for the right photo, but that's dumb in my eyes. Um, Okay, well, either your boyfriend's a liar and if you're dating a liar, you should break up and run. And if not, then you need to accept his answer. I, I, you know, again, I'm assuming you're in a healthy relationship. And so why would this person not tell you the truth? Unless you're in a relationship that doesn't have a lot of deep intimacy. Like that's the hard part about these questions. Are you at someone where you both are approachable and you're able to be told difficult information? Because remember, people won't tell you the truth if you're dramatic and overreactive. But if you're safe to be gone to, and he's been able to tell you difficult things and you've calmly listened, well then, yeah, I believe him when he says that. But if you're you know, dysregulated and erratic and you have a lot of conflict in your relationship, well then yes, maybe he is lying. So the bigger issue is you have work to do in your relationship. But again, let's assume it's a healthy relationship built on trust. Well then, yes, I want you to trust him. And again, if you don't, you have a bigger problem. You're dating someone who when they tell you something, you don't believe them. Work on that first and don't care so much about social media. Also, having said that, we need to get over the social media stuff. Like, it's a mess. Maybe he doesn't want to put you on his page because he doesn't want to bring other people into the relationship. I do not post pictures of people I'm in a relationship with on my social media because that's not what I use it for. That's personal and private. And I don't put them on there. And if they had an issue with that, I'd say, here's why. It's private. (laughs) And I don't do it like that. And if that means more to you, then what I'm telling you, then I don't want to be in this relationship. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't understand my boundaries and doesn't trust me when I tell them something. So like, yeah, it's a little bit of a trust issue. Having said that, I also want it to not be that deep for either of you. 
Um, so I'll never agree that we should dump people because they won't post a picture of us. That tells me that the relationship doesn't have that much worth or meaning to you. If you're willing to break up with him because he won't put your face on his Instagram, come on, then the relationship should end. It's flimsy. But if the relationship has a lot of meat to it and a lot of love and a lot of care and a lot of commitment, then you talk it out. What meaning has he given you as to why he won't do that? Because the photo is not good? Then tell him, great, let's spend the day this weekend finding a really adorable photo of the two of us. We'll take a whole bunch of them, different lighting, different backgrounds, and we'll find one that we're both comfortable with, and then you can post it. Awesome, case closed. But if that isn't something he's willing to do, then your work is to lovingly and calmly figure out what the meaning is in posting pictures and not posting pictures. It's called empathy. We don't wanna get mad, we wanna try to understand. That's a healthy relational skill, because there is no rule. He doesn't have to ever post a picture of you. It's not bad or wrong, he hasn't broken a rule. There is no rule. It's a preference. You'd prefer that he did. So you're disappointed that he won't. You have to learn how to deal with disappointment. And also, ask him to further clarify what the meaning is. So there's a lot of work in there. It's a little more complex than it sounds. But I'm a psychologist. I want us to get to the root of the psychology behind it all. I don't want to just say, I'm uncomfortable, make me feel comfortable, do what I want. That's primitive, and we don't learn anything from that. We don't grow from that. We don't bond from that. There's no learning in that. There's no trust built in that. You have to learn to trust him, and he has to learn to trust you. And in trusting you, he'll be able to really share with you what that's about. So stay calm, cool, and composed. But again, if you're threatening to leave him over that, then you really don't have much care for the relationship and there's no trust or commitment in there anyway. It shouldn't be that easy. We should never break up with people over things that we're disappointed about. Disappointments are part of relationships. You have to learn to allow disappointment. Otherwise, you're saying, I need it to be perfect. And you will never get perfect, which means you have to allow some disappointment. And here's your chance to practice that. I'm bummed out you won't post a picture of me, but disappointments are allowed. His job isn't to make you happy all the time, you know? So work through what I said and uh, circle back and let us know. You know, I always like hearing how it goes. All right, y'all, that is that. That's our show. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line at GPH, questions, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Love hearing from you. Because uh, when you throw a question down there, you're helping others as you're helping yourself. Always anonymous, always confidential. And past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Lots of good unlearning and relearning there. Um, but spend the rest of the night focused on self-care, build in a little bit of joy, some pleasure, rest, and uh, be kind to those around you. You know, we're dropping the bar. But um, as always, y'all, <clears throat> thanks for hanging out with me, and y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Jesse is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Thank <laughs> you.